It's summertime. It's summertime. And the living is easy. But the conversation is always topical and lively. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Brought to you by WVU Medicine. But you got to have friends. The feelings are so strong. You got to have friends to make that day last long. I had some friends, but they're gone. Someone came and took them away, and from the dust till the dawn. Here is where I'll stay. Good morning, good friend. As always, welcome to the show. Watchdog Morning Show here on the Watchdog Radio Network. It's 810, 10 minutes after the hour. Bob Slider behind the board. I'm Howard Monroe. Glad you are along with us for the conversational ride. You can be part of the show by using the Frio Stack auction service hotline or text line. You can call us, 304-232-8255, or you can text me, 304-214-1600, 304-214-1600. Um, I asked at the beginning of the show, and then I forgot to pick up on some of it, um, just out of curiosity, text me from where you are listening, all right? Is it, I mean, I'm talking about physically. Are you listening in, uh, I just got a text here from Dayton, for example. Uh, I know our friend Alan from Neffs is in, is in Switzerland and has been listening <coughs> sometimes uh, on the, in the Alps. Nice to hear that we're, we're heard over in Switzerland. Uh, and a lot of people listen on their vacation and so on. So tell me where you, or if you're just at home in, you know, in Cameron or, or, or St. Clairsville or text me on that as well. Uh, I'd like to know where you are listening. And also, how you're listening. Do you listen on AM 1600, AM 1370, FM 98.1, FM 97.7, over the airwaves on our radio transmission? Do you listen on our website, watchdognetwork.com, where you can hear our streaming audio? Do you use TuneIn Radio, the app that is available for you? Uh, do you pump us through your house using your Amazon personal assistant? You can do that, you know, simply by saying, Alexa. Play WKKX from TuneIn or play WVOY from TuneIn, and uh, and she will do that for you. So just out of curiosity, just let me know. Got a bunch of texts I haven't gotten around to yet, Bob. Howard, uh, we were talking about the start of school. I said uh, Teddy starts August 22nd. Howard, August 22nd is late compared to schools here in greater Dayton. So first place we know they're listening in Dayton. School starts August 16th. August 16th. That's crazy. I, I I agree. That's that's way too early. I just can't I just can't imagine. Uh, where are you listening? Uh, our Julie says she's listening from work in Washington, Pennsylvania, using our website. Thank you very much. That's exactly what I was curious about. Have a great day, Julie. I appreciate you texting me and letting me know that. Any of you can do that, please. Where from? Where are you listening? And how are you listening? Let me know. I'd love to. I'd love to know more about that. We were talking last hour about the fact that restaurants, the folks like Twin Peaks, Hooters, and so on, are actually on the rise. Well, Twin Peaks is on the rise. It's soon to become, according to the National Restaurant News that I saw yesterday, entering into one of the top chains in the country. I would have thought restaurants in this day and age of, you know, hashtag Me Too and all that stuff uh, would not be so popular, but they're becoming more popular. And Hooters, we learned is targeting senior citizens now. <laughs> They're starting to open up in the villages. Uh, we were talking about that. I mentioned I've been to Twin Peaks down in Mounds, or Morgantown a couple of times. Um, not a couple of times, I think only once, but I enjoyed it. I'll just tell you that. Off the text, Howard, you horny old bastard. 
Okay. No, that's not a nice thing to say. Uh, Howard. Hold on here. Why don't you take your Dillonvale church peeps? The congregation, Howard. I'm sure they'd be impressed with their preacher man. Remember, Jesus went among the whores and the thieves. That's that's uh, that's <laughs> that's what he did. Uh, let's see here. Um, bum, 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 bum. As you and I said, oh, I can't, I can't, can't use the word. Surprise! Some women have an open day. I can't use the word that they used here, but a, a chain that features male anatomy. You get it? What I'm saying here? It's like a hot dog stand, Howard. Is that where you're going? Something like that. Something, something like that. Speaking of those, um, that male anatomy part and the words that I can't say. Did you see the story out of Weirton about this restaurant, the Big Shot Bob's in Weirton, that put up a Facebook uh, post? I did not. I think I remember from Elm Grove. They were in Elm Grove. They were up uh, in the old Uncle Pete's building in North Wheeling for a while. Then they moved to Elm Grove. They shot up shop there. Uh, they have been in Weirton for a while. Big Shot Bob's in Weirton. This is from Channel 7. I then went to their website to check it all out, but this is Channel 7. Big Shot Bob's in Weirton posted a picture on their Facebook page that showed a group of vehicles in a parking lot with the caption, If these are your kids, Saka D. Whoa. Whoa. There have been over 900 comments from people on that Facebook post. Some are saying the kids are doing burnouts and causing problems. And indeed, Big Shot Bob says that, hey, when actual customers are uncomfortable, come in because of burnouts and loitering, we have an issue. They said that with a middle finger emoji. So clearly, Big Shot Bob's owner is unhappy. Um, but several of the rest, several, several uh, uh, wing joints up in Weirton decided to hold their own burnout night. They said, well, come, on, uh, come on over to our place, and we'll, <laughs> you, can, you can burn out in our plaza. Yeah, I got some bad news there for you, Big Sean. I, I don't think you just did business any good there. I do not think so at all. I went and I read uh, as much as I could. Uh, there were 530 comments when I looked at it. Uh, Channel 7 says there were 900. I got to tell you, 530, 500 basically said, well, you're done. We're never coming back again. Not too angry. Not like, you know, you sons of No, it's like, hey, if that's the way you're going to post things online, we're just we're just not coming there. I, kind of I, offended a little bit there. Yeah. I, well, you know, listen. If these are your kids, suck a, yeah. <laughs> I mean, really? I don't understand why businesses feel there's some way, some reason they have to vent on social media in a way. Did nobody say, I asked this all the time, did nobody in that little company say, this will probably cause problems? <laughs> it, again, it just you shake your head and say, man, is this where we're What happened to the old days? Get out of here, you little whippersnappers. I guess those days are long gone, Howard. They followed up with this uh, uh, comment on their own Facebook page. If you're from a small town and encourage your kids to do donuts and burnouts in small business parking lots, then you're an a-hole. You don't. By the way, our specials today. <laughs> exactly. Honest to goodness. Seven News has reached out to Big Shot Bob's in Weirton for a proper response, but has not yet heard back from them. Unbelievable. I just, you know, I mean, you do what you want to do, but do you not? It didn't take a genius to know that was going to backfire. 
might want to play on the sympathy card a little bit there, Bob. Yeah, you know, you may want to find a different way to handle that. That's uh, that's for sure. All right, uh, my friend Stephen Adams has been talking about some interesting stories coming out of the state legislature, not legislature, out of the state capitol, and I want to talk about that. Joe Manchin, the Morning Consult poll, we talked about yesterday briefly, a little more detail on that. So we got Stephen coming up next here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Hi, Toppy Kirchable Talk Line on Metro News. Now that Alderson Broaddus is winding down, those students are going to need a landing spot. Here's what higher education Chancellor Sarah Armstrong Tucker said on Talk Line. All of our higher education institutions have private and public, have put out press releases, have told folks that they would be willing to easily transition students. Keep up on what's happening in West Virginia Talk Line weekdays at 10.06 right here on this Metro News radio station. We'll talk to you then. Hello, it's John Kozik, founder and president of TurboTrack Realty, and I buy houses as is fast for cash. Call me today for an all-cash offer on any of your properties, and we can close within days at 614-470-2000, 614-470-2000. Do you own a property that's outdated and needs thousands of dollars in repairs? Great, I'll buy it. Give us a call today for an all-cash offer at 614-470-2000, 614 614- for Would it be convenient for you if you could simply take what you wanted and leave the rest behind? Great, I'll buy it. I buy vacant properties, inherited homes, divorce situations, death in the family, apartment buildings, rental portfolios. I even buy my tenant won't pay me the rent houses. Call TurboTrack Realty today for an all-cash offer and speak with one of our friendly staff members at 614-470-2000, 614-470-2000. Need a new suit looking for a good book searching for a unique gift the ohio valley's premier shopping choice is the highlands find jewelry hot new tech arts and crafts over two dozen stores to visit from walmart and target to cabela's menards kohl's and old navy plan a day out of shopping dining and entertainment at the highlands at the top of the hill off i-70 see it all online at hitthehighlands.com A serious injury from an accident can be just the start of your worries. What if you cannot return to work? How do you take care of your family if you're disabled? At Gellner Law Offices, we represent seriously injured people and understand their problem. We know how to get you fair compensation. We will work hard to make sure you get the money you deserve for your losses. Don't go it alone. If you're hurt in an accident, call us at 304-242-2900 or visit us at gellnerlaw.com. We'd like to help. The coffee is brewed, phone lines are open, and the morning team is ready to roll. From the Robinson Auto Group Studios, this is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Temperature rising here in the Ohio Valley, just a little bit, 60 degrees right across the board, 60 at the airport, 60 at the Highlands, 60 in Elm Grove, poolside by my deck, and uh, 60 degrees at the Robinson Auto Group Studios, downtown Wheeling. In the heart of the Ohio Valley, mostly sunny today, mid-80s, pretty much the same for tomorrow, maybe a little more cloudy, but still mid-80s. More clouds pick up on Friday with some spotty rain coming in, so... That's what you have to live uh, to live with. You know, when we invite Stephen Adams on, Bob, we ought to play, like, for bumper music, ska music or, or punk music and stuff. Because, you know, he's a DJ down in Charleston, too, on the weekends. 
I didn't know that. That's I'll, kind of stuff. That's I'll kind have of, to get his uh, intro kind of, music. Yeah, you should ask him for some advice on what we should play for, for good intro music. Good morning, Stephen. Good morning. I highly recommend uh, Mighty Mighty Boss Tones, the impression that I get. And it's even radio clean. There you go. There you go. All right. We'll, we'll seek those out, and we'll have them for you the next time you're with us here. I feel, <laughs> I feel we want, I want to make you feel at home. You know, I want you to feel at home here on the uh, Watchdog Morning Show. <laughs> oh, I'm always at home here, Howard. Thanks for having me on. Stephen, um, the Alderson Brada story is a, is a worthwhile story, and you've reported on it, and we've talked about it, and our friends at Metro News have talked about it, and AB is just hit too big a financial problem to overcome, and uh, the HEPC, Higher Education Policy Commission, has now said they can no longer confer degrees after the current degrees are over with. Uh, they're beginning to wind down because now they say, well, there's nothing left to do. But I, I can't help but notice you've been a little snarky about the governor when you've written your stories about Alderson Broaddus. Yeah, very true, because mm-hmm. quite honestly, I, I don't quite understand what the governor was trying to do. I understand trying to find a way to save uh, a uh, storied university uh, that has played a big role, particularly in the Philippi, Barber County community. I, I don't begrudge the governor for that. As you recall, a few years ago, the governor uh, uh, tried to help in regards to Wheeling University. He didn't have to. It's not a public university, but he certainly uh, uh, had was uh, very vocal about seeing uh, that university saved. And, of course, they were able to turn things uh, around to some extent, and, uh, and, and they, they're still going today. I don't begrudge him doing the same thing for Alders and Bronis. I do begrudge him the way he did it, which seemed to be more performative, in my opinion. And that is an opinion, but uh, but very performative. I, I you know, Brad Backelhany, West Virginia Metro News, I think did a fantastic job uh, looking into this university's issues over the last several weeks. And of course, they're a private university. They don't. It's not really in my beat uh, as far as that goes. Uh, it only really kind of veered into my beat once the governor got involved with it. And that's sort of the problem because it seemed like the Higher Education Policy Commission had this matter in hand, uh, was dealing with it uh, properly, and there was going to be a pretty important meeting Friday, which probably would have resulted in AGPC pulling Alderson Broaddus' degree granting authority then. And then Thursday, the governor puts out a press release. Basically, everyone stop. Let's get everybody to the table to see what we can do. Let's get ourselves, HEPC, university officials, lawmakers. Never mind that there's really nothing lawmakers or the governor can actually do in regards to this. Uh, and apparently conversations were had with them over the weekend that uh, – got him to back off that, and by Monday morning, he was uh, telling us on his administration briefing that HEPC should be allowed to do what it wants to do. Well, they did. They <laughs> pulled that degree agreement. They should be allowed to do what they're supposed to do. I like that. You know, it's like, uh, Howard, we're gonna, you are allowed now to do a radio show tomorrow morning. That's what I'm going to let you do. Well, no, that's kind of what's, what's, it's what they do. Uh, you, there's a point you made here that I think a lot of the general public may not pay attention to up here in this area, because it's not AB is not you know in this in this region. It is a private institution, as you point out, akin to Wheeling University. Uh, so the governor talking about what can we do? I mean, there's no public funds other than I suppose grants and whatever. But I mean, they're not a publicly supported university. They're not a, a, a WVU or West Liberty or a Bluefield State. They're just they're, they're a private institution. And I think maybe that's where some folks get confused. And so I'm not sure what the governor even thought he could do. 
Yeah, I'm really not entirely sure. It, it, it seemed very hand-fisted, and uh, for lack of better phrasing, getting involved with it, and it created some issues. You know, uh, both uh, Brad McElhinney and myself listened into that HEPC meeting Monday, and a lot of the concerns from the Elvis and Broadus folks were, at that point, most of them were in Chicago because they were having a meeting Tuesday with the Higher Learning Commission, which is one of the regional uh, accreditation agencies. Uh, you know, they can pool – uh, their ability to uh, 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 do grant degrees as well. Uh, so they were preparing for that meeting. Uh, they were prepared to come in Friday and have that uh, emergency HEPC meeting, but that got canceled and then rescheduled for Monday. But most of the yeah, elders and broadest people had to participate by phone, and the president and her staff had to participate by phone from Chicago because they just they weren't there. Now, not to say that they weren't already prepared because this was going to be likely the topic of Friday's meeting, uh, though they hadn't – with that said, hadn't seen the uh, report that uh, HEPC Chancellor Sarah Armstrong Tucker had presented, which was pretty damning. Really damning, in my opinion, based on what she said in regards to their debt, in regards to really they were just fundraising to stay, just to keep the lights on, and a lot of real problems there. And they, they weren't around to really present their case, and there may even be an argument for uh, open meetings violation based on yeah. how quickly they called that meeting. Though I gotta say, I don't know how they would pay an attorney to represent them in this case. <laughs> That's a good point. Speaking of performative uh, activities with the governor, I think to some extent his seeing the troops off, the National Guard troops off as they went to the southern border mission was kind of a pretty much just a PR stunt, too. Maybe that's a bad way to phrase it, but um, you called it performative with AB. I think this is kind of performative there, too. Yeah, I agree with that as well. Certainly not begrudging the uh, National Guard uh, soldiers and airmen are going to have volunteered, 54 of them, that are going to the Texas border. And to be honest, they probably, if they had just billed this as just a joint training exercise, I, I don't even know that anyone would bat an eye to it. But, of course, it's being billed as, well, the governor of Texas you know, invited us because uh, of the dire situation. The only problem is, situation at the southern border isn't nearly as dire as what it was even half a year ago. Right. Uh, ever since Title 41 went away, uh, when the pandemic emergency went away, the Biden administration has put in some additional uh, uh, controls and rules down there in regards to amnesty and asylum and things of that nature. And to be honest, the numbers have been decreasing at the southern border. Uh, so even when at the time Texas asked for help, which was in anticipation of an influx once Title 42 went away, well, that just didn't happen. So I would make the argument there's really not much of a need to send troops down there. And then sending 54, well, I mean, that just seems – I don't know what 54 <laughs> guardsmen are going to do down there. So uh, I think when people say it's a performative exercise, I, I can't disagree with that. Well, it certainly is. I'll tell you what it's going to do. It's going gonna, it's gonna to burnish his reputation as a good, uh, a good supporter of the National Guard and a, and a good believer in securing our border and so on for his U.S. Senate race. That's what it is. Oh, yeah. It's definitely going to be helpful for that because, you know, that's a national issue. The Lord knows uh, U.S. Senator Shelley Moore Capito has certainly talked a lot. Uh, about that particular issue as well, I I kind of remain skeptical as to how much of it's how much you know illegal immigration on the southern border has a real 
effect on anything up here, especially in a state where we're losing population. To be honest, we could probably use some illegal immigrants. Yeah, but, that's not a joke. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, we, we need some people. So, uh, and not only that, they often cite the drug you know, uh, epidemic in the nation and fentanyl specifically uh, as a reason to crack down on illegal entry, even though the, for most sources I read, a lot of your fentanyl is coming across the border in cars, you know, through legal points of entry versus, you know, through smugglers, you know, crossing that, you know, in the middle of the desert. So, I mean, uh, the border issue, I know, gets drummed up a lot and it gets people fired up, but I just don't know how much of the real impact it has up here. Well, other a, than yeah, taxpayer dollars. It doesn't have a lot of impact up here. And B, it, it, it is, it is, I won't call it a made-up issue. There is an issue, but the 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 severity of it is not what it, it, it is made out to be, and the facts are 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 bearing that out. Uh, let's take a little more time now to talk about something I really wanted to get into, and that is um, morning consult poll that came out yesterday. We talked about it here briefly on the show. Um, poll took a look at Joe Manchin and his favorability numbers, his unfavorability numbers, and you know possible matchup with who with that Mooney with Justice. Ooh, with Biden and Trump on uh, no labels, I don't know where he's going yet. I know you wrote a piece not too long ago where you said you would not want to be Manchin trying to make this decision. That's right, and I think his numbers are kind of interesting. They basically his uh, his disapproval numbers remain unchanged from Morning Consult's first quarter poll, which would have covered the period of January through March. This one that just came out covered. April 1st through June 30th, and it remains at 55% that uh, do not approve of Manchin's job performance. Uh, it's only ticked up a, maybe a point in regards to those that approve, because I think it was 38% uh, in the previous quarter, so it did tick up to 39%. But that's a very small change, uh, which I found kind of interesting. Those numbers have been pretty bad ever since the uh, passage of the Inflation Reduction Act, which is sort of the pared-down version of the, the bill, uh, trillion-dollar uh, uh, Build Back Better bill. Uh, Manchin was against that, but Manchin did uh, come out for the smaller uh, Inflation Reduction Act package and helped negotiate that uh, in, the, in the bean and, and supported it. And ever since then, those numbers have been pretty solidly down because I think before that, he was up there a good deal. Uh, I think I know he was in the fifties. Yeah, fifty-seven percent job approval number uh, just prior uh, uh, to the passage of the Inflation Reduction Act and Morning Consult's numbers. So, if you if you add in, if you add in, in to the uh, disapproval numbers, I'm sorry, the approval numbers of thirty-nine percent, even add into the um, not sure numbers of seven percent, he still is below fifty percent in terms of approval. Yeah, that's absolutely correct. And compare that to, you know, Governor uh, Jim Justice. You know, Morning Consult does the rankings for the governors, and they just came out with that last week. And uh, Justice's numbers were pretty good. Uh, I'm trying to find them offhand here. I, I think they're I'm in like the, you. I had them in front of me. I don't. It, they were yeah. a tiny bit softer than they had been before, but still very, very yeah. strong. Yes, they had taken a little bit of softening, not not much, but just enough to where, like, you can kind of see where some of the headlines over the last few months, particularly as we talked about frequently on this show, you know, the, the overdue bills, the court cases, all of that stuff in regards to his family businesses uh, may be having an impact. Now, not a lot, 
but it's also very early in the race. So it's possible this will give uh, Alex Mooney, Congressman Alex Mooney, a uh, reason to pour more money into TV ads and whatnot to try to continue to soften that number. Justice uh, in a head-to-head race looks like he's significantly ahead of Mooney. But were Mooney to win, I don't think that is the, the scenario that I see at the moment. But were, he, were Mooney to win the primary, uh, it would be uh, – Manchin would have a better shot against Mooney than against Justice. Let's put it that way. And I think the poll showed that, right? Yeah, that's true. Uh, the East Carolina University poll that came out, I believe, back in May uh, had showed that uh, obviously Justice would be Manchin at that point going away. But Mooney would beat Manchin, too, but it's a lot more narrow. And it's certainly within the margin of error in that poll. So, I mean, it's sort of a similar situation to, to uh, Manchin and, and Attorney General Morrissey, Patrick Morrissey, back in 2018, where, I mean, if, if things are slightly different and the weather's good and the wind's blowing <laughs> in a certain direction, right. Morrissey could have won that race, but he lost it by three points. It's, I think, a similar situation if it's Mooney and Manchin. Uh, so it could go either way, but I would probably throw it to Manchin just because he's a good retail politician. Well, you know, that's the, the thing that I keep thinking over and over again. You know, there is sort of a conventional wisdom running around, even among some of his fellow Democrats, that this is a bad, bad situation for him, that he may not be able to pull the reelection bid off at all. Um, which is why he's talking maybe about a third-party ticket, and we'll talk about that in a second. But it, it, I keep coming back to the fact that he's Joe Manchin. And, you know, he's got, all right, yes, his favorability numbers are not as high as his unfavorables now, and he is the second most unpopular senator in the country, according to Morning Consult. All of those things are true, but I keep coming back to he's Joe Manchin. And, I, you know, I've seen him rally before and when he puts on the retail charm i I don't think you can count him out i don't think you possibly can count him out i agree i wouldn't count him out uh as long as he's in a race he's going to be very competitive and he is going to campaign hard and as somebody pointed out to me yesterday and they're absolutely right about this when you look at that morning consult uh rankings for for u.s senators the most unpopular senator in the u.s was uh Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell, a Republican out of Kentucky, and he, and he has been unpopular on on several polls over the last two years, but he keeps getting elected. You know, he had a very competitive race here a few years ago against Amy McGrath, uh, uh, who everyone thought might actually beat him, and he won it going away. So it, the, the morning council poll isn't necessarily always indicative of who may lose an election, and in this case. You know, it remains to be seen what happens with Manchin, especially if the uh, campaign arm of the Senate Democrats decide to pour a lot of money uh, into that race to try to shore up Manchin. So I wouldn't count him out at all. Uh, Again, I I keep saying the phrase over him. Joe Manchin is Joe Manchin, and that's that's he's got some he's a powerful politician. Uh, He doesn't always show it. A lot of people get frustrated with him right now, and he's he's in a bad state to be a Democrat, but still. Uh, he's Joe Manchin, and I don't think you can't, you just can't write him off. You just can't do that, although some have. What do you think about the no labels bid? I don't know yet because I'm very curious to see exactly how they're going to do this. Because on one hand, they're kind of written off as a third party, uh, uh, you know, attempt to put up a presidential 
candidate. At the same time, they're wanting a unity ticket, which is what they've said. So they want a Republican and a Democrat. I don't know what order that will ultimately be, but I suspect it will probably be a Democratic presidential candidate and Republican vice presidential candidate. They're trying to get ballot access in key states. There's a lot of fight uh, and pushback against that sort of thing. But I think it really remains to be seen because I do think they, they say they're not going to do it if there's a chance that it may, and they don't say it by name, but if there's a chance it may elect Trump, mm-hmm. they, they won't go forward with it. But at the same time, they see a route. Uh, if it's going to be a rematch between President Joe Biden and former President Donald Trump, they think they have an avenue there to reach voters that just are not excited about either. And if you look at the polls, they're both very unpopular candidates, at least on nationwide polls. No no question about that. So, yeah, it's a situation where maybe there's a path there to uh, peel off voters, independents, center-right Republicans, center-left Democrats, I, I, it remains to be seen. There's certainly it's never happened before, so I, I'm kind of skeptical. But if if they think they got a pass, they'll take it. it. It is interesting. Now, I did see a poll recently, and I forget who did it. I don't know. I mean, it was a reputable poll, but not not a top tier. That did suggest that if if it was Biden, Trump, and no labels with Mansion on it, it would still probably be Biden winning. That does not fit with what I would think is conventional wisdom or my wisdom for that matter, but I did see a poll that, that, that suggested that. Manchin's got a lot to digest here, and No Labels has a lot to digest here. Um, you posted a story, you, I don't know, you X'd a story. Is that what we call it now? We call it Xing it now? You, yeah, I haven't figured that one out yet. <laughs> what do we do now? It's no longer Twitter, it's it's X. So you X'd a story yeah. yesterday that I saw from Politico, <laughs> which uh, was kind of interesting, uh, suggesting that No Labels is trying to figure out exactly, exactly what is their game plan. Maybe they want to try to have some power in the Electoral College. Yeah, I mean, there, there are certainly some avenues for them to go down other than just trying to flat out beat, you know, a presidential ticket either on the Republican or Democratic side. That might be their move because if I've heard tell that where you could see some drama, particularly on the Democratic side of things, could be national convention because that could be possibly where if there is a movement out of concern for President Biden, either because of his age or because of the Hunter Biden stuff that seems to be uh, coming out now in, in drips and droves from Congress. If there's a real concern about him being uh, a viable candidate uh, for 2024, that is where you would probably try to do something about it. And if that's the case, no labels might be able to play a role in that and see somebody else, whether it's a Gavin Newsom, whether it's a Kamala Harris, you know, whoever it could possibly be. So, I, you know, that, that might be some drama that you see later. Well, it's going to be interesting to, to watch, like everything. It's going to be interesting, first of all, to see what Manchin does. I mean, we're still, what, four months away from filing deadline, let alone from the primary itself. Um, and I keep saying on this show, truthfully, we saw that little little shift in the governor's race not too long ago with J.B. McCuskey changing his mind. We think we have the lay of the land for the Senate race, but you know what? Maybe we don't. I don't know. Justice could uh, – things could occur between now and filing time or between now and, and election time. 
that could change the whole complexion of the race. Uh, we often talk about the phrase, these polls and our conversations and analyses are a snapshot in time. And I think this year in particular, we have to keep that in mind. Yeah, I mean, this is the earliest I've ever seen campaign season start in West Virginia. So while I, I look at these polls and I look at all this information, these campaign finance reports and, and all this interesting information, it, it's impossible. To, and I've said this before. I've written about this before. It's impossible to really kind of predict or try to surmise what could happen after January. Uh, anything could really change for any of these people. You already saw it now with J.B. McCuskey, the state auditor, jumping out of the governor's race and then to the attorney general's race. That could change, too. Somebody else could also drop out of the governor's race, or somebody else could get in that's got money. I mean, there's no telling what's going to happen here. And in case of the U.S. Senate race, what you know, Jim Justice has got health issues, for sure, as an older gentleman. We could see something really kind of come down in regards to uh, his businesses. We could see, you know, scandals brewing in the governor's office. I mean, there's all sorts of things that could possibly happen. So a lot of variables that are, yeah. that are out there and saying who's going to win what this early, that's hard to do. This race began literally the week of, not after, but the week of, if I remember correctly, <laughs> the last election. I mean, like only a couple of days had gone by when Mooney said, I'm running for the Senate. So, I mean, this race has been going on since the last election. That's a long, long time for things to go without any kind of change. So we'll have to see. Stephen, always appreciate your writing at the uh, Intel and always enjoy talking to you. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll, get, we'll get some of your bumper music for you the next time. I love it. Thanks, Harry. All right. Thanks a lot. Stephen Adams from the Ogden newspaper chain here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Taylor Long is here with Ohio Valley Headlines. Good Wednesday morning, everyone. I'm Taylor Long with your 7 News headlines on this August the 2nd. A 16-year-old boy is still missing this morning, according to officials. A public Facebook post says Hayden Booher has been missing since Sunday morning. They say Hayden was last seen after his shift at Richland Township Subway. He wore a Subway t-shirt, blue jeans, and square-toe cowboy boots. Hayden has a cross-like tattoo on his arm or wrist and playing cards on his leg. He has brown hair and blue eyes and is 5'9". If you have any information, you're urged to contact local law enforcement. And a project that will tie two states together is eagerly anticipated by everyone up and down the Ohio River with completion scheduled for September. A meeting was held yesterday at the new bridge site that will soon connect the two towns of Brilliant and Wellsburg. The meeting included officials and law enforcement from both towns as well as the contracting company that has been working on the bridge. A tentative date for the opening has been set for sometime in September when an opening ceremony will be held as well. The mayor of Wellsburg, Dan Dudley, who attended the meeting, told us about the finishing touches that need to be done before the opening. Mayor Dudley says that there are also plans to have food trucks and other fun things to do at the opening ceremony in September. And finally, the sweltering month of July has come to a close, and climate experts say this could be the new normal due to climate change. July will likely go down as the hottest month on record, according to officials. The average global surface air temperature reached 62.5 degrees Fahrenheit in the first three weeks of the month. That broke the previous record set in 2019. And a quick traffic update for you here in Wheeling. A portion of Route 40 between 645 and 553 National Road will be restricted to one lane from 8 a.m. to 3.30 today through Friday. This is for a gas line repair. We'll keep you updated if there are any changes. 
That was a look at your headlines. Have a wonderful Wednesday. I'm Taylor Long, working for you. Why? Just think about it. Why is the number one selling brand of chainsaws not sold at Lowe's or the Home Depot? We can give you over 10,000 reasons. That's how many authorized local steel dealers you can find across the country. Visit one and you'll find a range of dependable gas and battery powered tools from trimmers to blowers. And you'll find service from experienced professionals. Real steel. Find yours at steelusa.com. Lowe's and Home Depot are trademarks of their respective companies. How much could a cyber attack cost your business? The costs stemming from a cyber attack can vary tremendously, but are extremely significant. Recent studies have shown that the average cost of a data breach to small business can range from $120,000 to $1.2 million. In addition to financial loss, companies also suffer downtime, lost opportunities, and data recovery expenses that can all quickly add up. Could your organization survive a cyber incident? If you are unsure if you are doing enough to protect your data, reputation, and dollars from cyber criminals, contact the team at Omni Strategic Technologies today. Omni has the right tools and support to help keep your business protected. Call 304-242-7600 and schedule your free consultation today or visit omniperforms.com. Omni Strategic Technologies, the only cybersecurity and advisory firm that the watchdog trusts. A serious injury from an accident can be just the start of your worries. What if you cannot return to work? How do you take care of your family if you're disabled? At Gellner Law Offices, we represent seriously injured people and understand their problem. We know how to get you fair compensation. We will work hard to make sure you get the money you deserve for your losses. Don't go it alone. If you're hurt in an accident, call us at 304-242-2900 or visit us at gellnerlaw.com. We'd like to help. Conversations you care about with people you know. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe on WKKX and WVLY. Brought to you by WVU Medicine. Yeah, I'm easy. Give the word, I'll play your game as though that's how it ought to be because I'm easy don't lead me on if there's nowhere for you to take me if loving you would have to be a sometime thing I can't put bars on my insides my love is something I can't hide it still hurts when I recall the times I've tried. But I'm easy. And we're easy here on the Watchdog Morning. No, no, I'm not easy. not like that. I mean, not we're not easy like that. I mean, we're easy like we're easy going. It's a nice, easy going flow of the show. So we try to present for you every weekday morning here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Live, local, news information, conversation. Human beings actually talking to you, with you, with each other. You know? It's kind of it's kind of what we do here, keeping you informed and things, and sometimes a bit entertained. Today is a perfect example of that. Politics, Trump, Elliot, Mayor Elliot, uh, Stephen on the statewide stuff, uh, and then a lot of food talk. A lot of food talk. Bob, I think it was probably before you joined us, maybe when Biff was still here. We had a big discussion one day about maybe you were maybe it was after you got here about. You know, it did, at that time, it didn't seem like there were many places to get hot dogs here in town. You have Goulas. I mean, you can't forget Goulas. And at that time, that was pretty much it. Now, since then, 
we've seen an expansion. Got Tito's. Now Tito's has two locations, one downtown, one in the center market. I haven't been to the center market location yet. I need to give that a try. Um, as you can attest, I certainly like the hot dogs of Generations. They have uh, great hot dogs out there. Google is still around. There was a what is the Wiener Hut or something like that over in uh, the Bridgeport Brookside area that haven't tried it out yet. Haven't yet. We, I think we talked about it last year. It's, uh, it's seasonal. It doesn't open all the time. Uh, and now another. Uh, this is a great idea. I don't know if it's going to be business successful, but um, uh, Melissa Rebholtz, if I'm pronouncing her name right, known as Midge, she does Midge's Kitchen, which um, uses locally grown produce and creates to-go meals, which you can pick up at the public market uh, across the street from us. She is opening up a hot dog stand on the street. And I assume that people like you and I can go out and get a hot dog, obviously. But she she's aiming it for the street workers, which, when you think about it, makes some sense. We have all of this construction work going on downtown, all of these guys out there and gals out there, you know, working hard during the day. And they want a lunch break. Now, there are plenty of good restaurants around town, but maybe they don't want to go to a restaurant and spend whatever it takes to spend for a meal. $4 for a hot dog. It's got to be quick, too. You know, it's right there. It gives you a little bit more time to head back to work. Exactly. I mean, I think uh, she says we really have nice places to get food downtown, but what about all these guys on the street? So I, I don't know, she says. I don't know a lot of people who can spend $15 on lunch multiple times a week. Well, I, unfortunately, I do. But uh, So I wanted to have something cheap and easy to grab and go, and so she's got this new pizza cart, Midge's Hot Dogs, which she's opening up. Uh, it'll, be on, it'll be on the street. It also will be um, at several events. It's going to be at the Arts uh, Festival coming up uh, in, in downtown Wheeling this weekend. Uh, I'm looking to see if she has other things. Arts Fest this weekend. Wheeling Park at Waterfront Hall. On, at Wheeling Park, the Arts Fest. Uh, Waterfront Hall, August the 6th, Heritage Blues Fest, August 11th to 13th. So she'll be at special events. But I think it's what I think is really neat is she's going to feed the, I mean, she's going to offer a, a, a quick and easy meal and cheap meal, $3.50 for a hot dog, uh, for those folks that are, want to be um, want to be uh, served on the street, for the street workers. And that's, that's great. I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's enough business there to make it succeed, but maybe you throw in the street people, and then also throw in um, all the events, special events, and so on. I think it might, I think it's a great idea. From the Frio Stack uh, Auction Service Hotline, the Hot Dog uh, Hotline, Howard, uh, the Hot Dog <laughs> Place over in Brookside uh, is closed up. Oh, gone forever. Gone. Well, I don't know about forever, but right but it's now it's not open. Right. Is I, the hot. What did you call it? Wiener Hut. Yes. Yes. Wiener Hut. Nice right. lady called in and said they're going to convert it to a pizza place, Howard. Oh well, all right then. I, 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 because this would sound negative, and I don't don't want it to sound that way. But it's like we got enough pizza places, more hot dogs, more hot. <laughs> that dogs. was the conversation her and I had. More hot dogs, more hot dogs. That's what we need. Am I forgetting any place? Goulas is the obvious, the, the granddaddy of them all. Or with that, with Louis now gone, Goulas. Generations, I love their hot dogs. I mean, they're just great hot dogs. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm biased. I'm an Elm Grove guy. I. I Wakeham's uh, for me. Oh, I, like, I keep forgetting Wakeham's. You know, if you, I, if you have a little time, yes, yeah, stop yes, in there and yes, uh, the I steamed see. bun, uh, really good stuff there yes, also. Yes, they are about the best hot dogs around. I, I, I keep forgetting about that. So you're absolutely right. Um, and then, again, Tito's, uh, two locations. Uh, I haven't been to the Center Market one. So there's there, uh, But I feel like I'm forgetting something. And then I thought of the Wiener Hut, but I guess it's closed. Um, I feel like I'm forgetting someplace. 
But it just seemed, I remember, I think it was Biff and I uh, talked about this that a few years ago. It's like, there's, we, there's no hot dogs around town. You couldn't get them at restaurants even. And now you see them uh, all over the place. And for me, that's a good thing because I'm a hot dog kind of guy. It's 8 before the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. The legislative watchdogs are coming up at 9. Who wants craft beer? Saturday, August 19th, the Mountaineer Brewfest brought to you by Wheeling Island Hotel Casino Racetrack is back at Wheeling Heritage Port, showcasing craft beers from West Virginia's finest brewers. With great food, live entertainment, and many more craft beer selections in our beer garden, it's a wild and wonderful time, and you don't want to miss out. Proceeds benefit the Family Service Upper Ohio Valley. Get your tickets now at mountaineerbrewfest.com. You want a hospital rising up to the challenges of today's health care demands. WVU Medicine Wheeling Hospital delivers the right care right here at home. Developing new and exclusive services. Recruiting top surgeons. We embody the mountaineer spirit. Building upon strong traditions. Pioneering medical care. Moving forward with compassion. WVU Medicine Wheeling Hospital. Delivering the right care. Right place. Right time. Keep up with the ever-changing world of sports all night long. Sports Map Radio is on the Watchdog. FM 98.1, AM 1600. Babies come with lots of decisions. Cloth or disposable? Crib or bassinet? So when it comes to protection, go with the safest, most effective choice, vaccination. Get all the recommended vaccines for your baby by age two to protect your child against 14 serious childhood diseases. For more reasons to vaccinate, talk to your child's doctor. Go to cdc.gov vaccines or call 800-CDC-INFO. A message from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Great conversation continues now on the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. With Howard Monroe. Brought to you by WVU Medicine. Five to the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Well, congratulations to granddaughter uh, Ariana. She has uh, got her braces off this morning and just sent me a picture. Big smiling face without the braces. Nice. Very nice, sweetie. You look great. You look great. Very good. Very good. Uh, text lines. Bob, this is interesting. Uh, Michael uh, sends this text on the Frio Stack Auction Service text line, 304-214-1600. Louie's hot dogs are available on Thursdays at Uncle Pete's. Do they, do they have the old Louie's recipe, maybe? Wow, I didn't know that. I didn't either, but I think uh, I, I I think tomorrow maybe I may be giving it a try. I want to see. Tomorrow's Thursday, right? Tomorrow is Thursday. That's a distinct possibility. I think that. You see my mouth watering over here, Howard. Yeah, Louis hot dogs. Louis hot dogs. I mean, geez. Now, will I? I have no idea what they're costing, but will I, will I be able to do like I used to do? You know, six. Give, give me four for now and two for later. <laughs> That's what I would do with with old Louis hot dogs. I love Louis when they were downtown. Uh, the two locations, they were downtown uh, on on 11th Street for a while, and then they primarily were on the Market Plaza, and then they were out in Elm Grove. I love the Grove because on my way home after work, right there, zip right there, 
Give me four, two for later. Oh, man, I love Louisiana. I don't know how it worked out this way, but I think they closed like on a Wednesday unexpectedly, and I was there like the day before. So I, I lucked out, Howard. But, man, I, I'm i going to miss them until the day I die. Uh, I mean, to me, they're, they're a part of my life. No question about it. And you just, I mean, again, for a while we had two great hot dog places here in the Ohio Valley. And what was neat was they were totally different kinds of hot dog condiments, if you will. Louis, which is the chili sauce kind of thing, and then um, Gula's, which is kind of a, 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 a soupier sauce. I don't know what to call it, but they're now a least thinner sauce. Thinner, yes. thank you. That's a better word. Yes, absolutely. But it's a much, much. Uh, I loved them both. I love Louis hot dogs. That's great. I, I'm going to give them a try tomorrow. You know, we'll see how things go. Maybe we can grab a hot dog at Louis. That sounds really not Louis. Uncle Pete's. We'll call it Louis. We'll, we'll call it Louis for a day. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. I'll see. My, I hope. Hopefully, Michael is right on that. Another text off the Frio Stack Oxford's text line having about hot dogs, Weezers in Blacksville. I I don't know. First of all, where in the hell's Blacksville? Yes, and and I've never heard of Weezers. I haven't either. There are many great restaurant or great hot dog places around West Virginia. I have never have you ever been to, have you ever been to Hillbilly Hot Dog? Where's that? Oh, it's it's downstate. No, uh, I have I'm not. I know folks who like it will make a day trip of it just to go down there. It's on all kinds of you know little tourist books. It's just an old I won't say dumpy. I think it's like a dumpy trailer out in the middle of nowhere. But they they've got a great reputation. Hillbilly Hot Dogs. Uh, I've never been there. I should give those a try. The yeah. nice lady that uh, gave us the bad news about the place in Brookside uh, said there's sometimes a a, 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 a a vendor that pushes a cart, I guess maybe down by uh, Northern, down in that way, Howard. Oh, uh, really? I'd like to run into him. I don't know if anybody yeah. knows about that guy. Absolutely. Sure. My own friend, uh, Frank Figaretti, who is of the Figaretti family, for a while he ran Frank's Dogs, uh, a little cart that he would take around to different places, but... I have not seen it or him, quite frankly, for quite some time. So I don't know if that's still available or not. But I, I would certainly love a hot dog cart would be great. And Midge's hot. Listen, Midge, it, when you get it open, could you like swing over through the parking lot here by the radio station? Because uh, I wouldn't mind uh, picking up a couple. You know, I'll give, I'll give you a try. It sounds like your dogs are gonna be pretty good. I'll give you a try because I surely do love the dogs. All right, I've got to. Uh, let's see, how can I make a segue here? Dogs, dogs, dogs. I got to woof it on out of here. Is that? that make any sense at all? No? Okay. Well, anyways, I got to go turn things over to the legislative watchdogs. They are coming up next. Uh, got a lot of stuff going on tomorrow. Matt Robeson coming in. Going to talk to the author of the book, uh, The Year That Broke American Politics. That should be kind of fun. And, um, of course, all the breaking news of the day. Uh, have yourself a good day, Mr. Slider. Mr. Monroe, but right back at you. We shall see you all tomorrow morning, 7 o'clock, right here, right here, right here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Watchdog is FM 98.1, AM 1600, WKKX Wheeling, FM 97.7, AM 1370, WVLY Moundsville. DC News.
I'm Derek Dennis. Donald Trump, the former president at his golf club in New Jersey this morning, gearing up to appear in a D.C. courtroom tomorrow to face an indictment by a federal grand jury, his third one this year. Former President Trump has been summoned to federal court here in Washington Thursday afternoon for a now familiar routine, surrendering to face criminal charges. First, Trump was charged over hush money paid to porn actress Stormy Daniels, then over the retention of classified documents. And now, because of efforts to overturn the 2020 presidential election, allegedly trying to subvert the democracy he is now campaigning to lead 